with your hosts, Larissa Peixoto, a political scientist, and Garrett Davies, your emergency delivery boy for avocados. In this episode, we discuss the Brazilian universal healthcare system, the SUS, and we find about quantum leap. Stay with us and let's have some fun. behind the curtain there huh? this is basically just larissa just talking to herself at this point just edit that out edit uh, no no i won't i refuse to i'm going to keep i'm going to keep all this good bits and see this is this is what i like to think of as a as an amuse bouche leading into what is a five course delight of cuisine it's a terrible idea i was typing there will be typing noise if you keep that in there, yes there will be absolutely just to just to highlight how Profesh. <laughs> yeah, nothing's as profesh like using the word profesh. Indeed, all the professes do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready to do this? Uh, I'm always ready to do anything with this because I don't even know what we're talking about today at all. What's what? You did not tell me, but I forgot because I'm a moron. Because you care so much about our work. Well, I do. I do care. I'm not saying I don't care. I'm just saying that I, I. I kind of forgot, even though you did tell me. But you didn't like you didn't do what you normally do because what you normally do is that every time we have an episode coming up, you go, okay, this is going to be the topic. This is going to be the topic. This is going to be the topic, like over and over again, because you know very well that I'm dumb and I forget these things. <laughs> you mentioned this maybe once. Maybe this was once. like one of the first episodes I mentioned that I wanted to do. Yes, I probably was. You're, you're quite right. And uh, but you gave me a huge list of stuff you wanted to do, and all of it was great. And now I I I I can't see the wood from the trees, is what I'm saying here. I don't know where we are. <laughs> well, it it was a huge list. Some is stuff that I already had come up with, and some was suggestions from cool people who already want to be our audience. Um, cool. But this one was my idea. It was one of the first things that I thought we should do. And this is going to be kind of interesting because it's something that most Brazilians don't know about or don't know enough about. So there are going to be a bunch of gringos knowing uh, more about this than Brazilians. <laughs> and if for you all in the audio, because you can't see us, Garrett just did a little gringo dance, very rhythmic. I mean, it was a beautiful moment for both of us. I think you'll find. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will never forget it. No, no, no. I mean, now you've seen me dance. Uh, it's it's amazing that you, you're still able to carry on with this. And you I have to overcome. We should just end the episode right here and now. Indeed, absolutely. I mean, you must be struggling with what I believe is called the vapors. <laughs> yes, and because I am, I will now go to the basic healthcare unit, which is what we are talking about today. 
the universal healthcare system in Brazil. Socialized medicine, yay! That was a beautiful segue. They can cure anything, even the vapors. Of which yeah. is a common affliction for anybody who is not social distancing from moi. But to be fair, we are social distancing a lot. Gareth is in Wales. True. And I am in Brazil. Mm-hmm. So you can't get more distant than that. To be fair, we have actually we've gone a bit mad with the distancing aspect of socially distancing by dint of the fact that we are about roughly a billion miles away from each other, would you say? Something like that, I guess. Geography is not my thing. Good. Excellent. Neither neither mine. So that's fine. So so we'll we'll, we'll lay it down as a cool billion then. Yeah, that that (laughs) seems like a rough, you know, conservative estimate. Good. Excellent. I'm all about conservative estimates, as you know. Um, (laughs) Anyway, healthcare systems. Yes. It's all the rage right now since we are all living in a pandemic. Everybody is, or everybody should be, a virtual shut in. Not everybody is. Everybody go home and listen to the podcast and watch the televisions and just be inside if you can. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, the thing is about um, uh, it's it's not really beneficial to anybody to not be indoors at the moment so please for god's sake stay indoors and uh like there's so much stuff on netflix you haven't watched i guarantee you there's a million things on netflix you haven't seen um you are in brazil you are allowed to use pirate bay it is legal so just download everything like quantum leap for example that's yes, a I am watching it against my better judgment. Yeah, yeah, I still haven't really forgiven you for not not buying wholeheartedly into the idea that the theme tune from Quantum Leap is the greatest theme tune that has ever it's been recorded. It's, it's probably one of the worst songs I have ever no, heard. You shut up. No, you are wrong. <laughs> anyway. Segway again. Okay, fine. Go on. Go home if you can, because if you can't, you are one of the amazing people who work in a supermarket, in a warehouse, you are a delivery person, or you are a medical doctor, you are a nurse. You are somebody who, you are paramedic, you are somebody in a healthcare position, and we are very, very grateful to all of you. And just, you know, everybody else who can stay inside so those people can do their job and can do it safely so they can go on to live their lives because we have seen that they are updating their wills. They also have small children. They also have lives to live. So let's respect them by doing so. And to continue with the episode, I want to talk about socialized medicine. I want to talk about our healthcare system, which is technically the biggest in the world because we are a very large country. Oh, wow. Okay. So Brazil has socialized medicine. We have a universal healthcare system, what people would call... um, what what is it that they're saying in the United States now? Um, so for each, each individual, I forget the expression that they use. Um, but anyway, prior to 1988, only people who were formally employed had access to healthcare. 
So uh, this is the thing that we go back to. We had that episode about Vargas and he created our labor rights, labor rights that some of which still exist today. And he was the kind of guy who was like, okay, if you have a job, you get to have health care. If you don't, fuck you. So please do not quote me out of context, people. Anyway, in 1988. What I'm going to do is... (laughs) For like a Christmas episode or something, I'm just going to take a random bunch of stuff that you've said when you're in a, when you're in a, you know, when you're in the moment, shall we say, and I'm going to splice it all together, and it's going to be, it's going to be genuinely, um, horrible, just, just the worst thing. It's going to be the worst thing, but also the best. Don't do that to me. That's what I'm going to do. Anyway, before 1988, that happened. In the 70s, and mind you, the 70s, we had a military dictatorship going on. So that was between 64 and 85, formally between 64 and 85. There are people who dispute the 85, 86 kind of date thing because we didn't form, we didn't elect the first president by direct voting. So a lot of people would call that a transitional period. And there are some people who call it a democratic period. But that is a theme for a different podcast. Anyway, there was a movement by several doctors and nurses and people in in the healthcare community and also in the community at large to create an universal healthcare system in Brazil. And when the 1988 constitution happened, that movement really gained strength. And that was pretty cool. Because that was a time when people who, who had really brilliant and interesting ideas into how we could live our lives managed to get those ideas in writing and into the Constitution. So we actually called this Constitution, the one we have right now, the Citizens Constitution. And we will do an episode on that um, eventually. So the 8th National Healthcare Convention decided that we ha- we needed to have a national he- healthcare system that was uh, universal, that was public, and that was accessible to everyone. So that was in 1986, and it saw health as a, an individual right. So that says so in the Constitution. So it is a right within the Constitution that people have access to healthcare. So then that was the first conference that included the public. The public demanded to be a part of it. So it was a huge stadium full of people. And the main result was a healthcare system that was separated from welfare and from labor rights. So you don't have to be employed. You don't have to have, you don't have to have a voter registration. You don't have to have anything. If you're a foreign national in Brazil and you need healthcare, you get it. No questions asked. Yeah, anything you need. So my mother, um, a while back, had a really bad burn. Uh, She was making coffee and she burned herself with boiling water. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't fun. And we do health health insurance for um, several reasons, and I will explain them. Uh, But to do to take care of that, we actually went to a public hospital. Because that is the hospital that is the best equipped to handle burns. Right. And we just get there and she was like, yeah, I have a burn. And they were like, yeah, just go back there and they're going to take care of you. And that was it. And, and she's fine. 
No, she's fine. It was oh. a second degree burn. She's fine. And they explained it so thoroughly that later when I was in the UK and I got burned myself, I knew exactly what to do because I know I could see that it was a second degree burn. Right. Okay. Do you know what you should do as, as a family unit? <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there as an idea. Yeah. Stay away from boiling water? Stop getting burnt by stuff, possibly. I've, there is one thing that we don't have here in pharmacies and that I've seen in the UK and other pharmacies in Europe, which is a burn gel. And we don't have that here. So I've actually like stopped up on that a little bit last time I traveled because we do get burned a lot in my family. Oh, look at this. You know, here's you just railing against these people who are stockpiling nonsense. And there you are with your cupboards full of burn gel. No, I just bought two. I bought like two. And that was a year ago. And the last time I traveled, she was like, oh, you pick up some more of that burn gel. Why do you need more burn gel? How many no, times but you she didn't know. Yourself? She didn't know I had already bought more. But still, why would you need more than one? Because we're clumsy. Anyway, um, so I'm, I'm, just, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this out there. I'm look prevention is better than a cure. So I, I do agree with that. So people stay in your houses and don't get burned. Right? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> anyway, carrying on. So healthcare is a social right, only second to education. And the first thing that the Constitution says is that citizenship and human dignity are the basic concepts on which the Constitution is built. So if you go from that, that the first two social rights are education and healthcare, you can see where the Constitution goes. So really, it, it is a beautiful document. I would never say that it isn't. Of course, its application, it's very problematic and it doesn't work very well in a lot of areas. Healthcare is not one of them. So one thing, that the private sector did not like very much is that it's subordinate to the SUS, which is the name of the, the public health care. We call it SUS for short. So I'm going to be saying that a lot. Okay, what's SUS. that stand? Um, so it stands for Sistema Unico de Saúde. And so the literal translation would be the only health care system. So Unico means only. Right. Or okay. unique. Okay. Good. Right. Excellent. So, and 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 it's pronounced how again? It's sistema. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Thanks. Do, do you want to say that back to me? I don't need to. I've got it down. It's fine. <laughs> and we shorten it to its acronym SUS. S U S. SUS. Got it. Fine. It's great. Yeah. Got there it. you go. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. So one aspect that is important about the healthcare conference is it happens every year. So in 86 was the eighth one and it's binding. So its decisions become law. They have to become law. Yeah, it's badass. Wow. Really? Yeah. So and anything, anything that, that, that a group of experts. Get, so what you're saying is as a novel concept, <laughs> a group of experts get together it's better than that. It's oh, not well. a group. It's not just a group of experts. Uh -huh. So to get to the to the national healthcare conference, you have a regional conference, you have the municipal conference, then you have the state conference. 
And for each of these conferences, you have delegates. As, as they get larger, uh, the smaller ones send their delegates. So they get chosen out of experts and civil society. So they're actual citizens, people. Wow. So who, who make use of this system. So let's say a group of mothers of disabled children. That is a common thing that would happen. So one huge organization that we have in Brazil is the Parents Association for what what in Portuguese is not a, a badly put way of saying special needs children. So essentially we translate it as that special needs. Uh, so that this parent association, uh, so you have children who were born with uh, or have cere cerebral palsy or any sort of uh, mental health issues and uh, physical disabilities. It's a huge organization and they are part of the National Health Conference. They can send delegates or even just individual people can participate. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And, and and nobody has ever thought to like base a reality TV show on this at all? <laughs> they should because um, most of the country doesn't really know that this is going on. Well, then there we go. Absolutely. I'll I'll write a letter. Um, I'll send it to, um, I believe it's Rio de Janeiro. Uh, <laughs> um, just that general area. And yeah. um, and then we'll we'll be we'll be wealthy studio executives. Top. Sure, it's super easy to have like a, a, a Brazilian TV channel. We'll yeah. talk about the media oligopoly in a different episode. I love how you do this. I love how you go like every single thing you go on to. I go, oh yeah, but that's that's another that's episode. That's a different episode. That's because <laughs> there's research that needs to go into these things, Gareth. Because we're going to do a thousand of these and each one will have a tangent on something else that will involve another three episodes. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. By the end of it, the world will know about this crazy place. <laughs> so with this, this whole system, what you can see is that the SUS, it has as its basic com concept, decentralization. So it is it is composed of several institutions and policies and programs. And its basic unit is the, what's it called? The basic health care unit. So it's the basic health care unit. It is not an emergency treatment unit. It is just where you get essentially family treatment. So family doctors. And you're going to find that in any city in the country. Now, smaller municipalities have more basic care which kind of sucks and a program that was created to fulfill that to fulfill that need was the more doctors program MISMED mm -hmm. and that program has been slowly been shut down since 2016. Now Gareth what happened in 2016? Ah <sighs> I mean it was um a glorious time for all of us I believe um there was uh, lots of national pride happening quite extensively across the globe here specifically in brazil that would affect something like healthcare. was there a, was there a change of leadership perhaps there you go a plus there I... was a coup d'etat good boy 
What you don't know is there's a test at the end of all of these episodes that I have to sit. Yeah, and I have to, I, I'm, it's not even multiple choice either. It's, it's rather unfair, I think, honestly. It's and, not. Yeah, and so far I'm scraping a passing grade. So we have the basic healthcare units. You have the emergency care units. So those are, um, the acronym is UPA. So if you're ever in Brazil and you need emergency care, you're going to look for an UPA. Yes, it does right. sound, in, for an English speaker, it does sound a bit like an oops, but yeah. Okay, right, okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick up the phone and say, I'm very sorry, but I, I, I've done myself an oopa. And... <laughs> no, you're not gonna say anything because most Brazilians don't speak English. So if you start speaking English, you're fucked. Right, okay, <laughs> okay then, right, okay, fine. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I am gonna speak English. I'm just gonna do it in the traditional style of a British person abroad, and I will do it slower and louder. And louder. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I have done myself an UPA. <laughs> Can you please send a doctor to... So they will send you a SAMU, which is what we call an ambulance. Right, but that's a whale. No, that's SAMU. Right, okay, thank you. Fine, yep, fine. Let's carry on. It's fine. So I, I even... I actually had to look up uh, what the whole acronym means i don't remember by heart oh yeah so it's the mobile urgent care unit that's right. what a samu means right but that doesn't spell samu yes it does oh in portuguese it does right okay thank you so what what to tell you what to say in um, uh, portuguese serviço de atendimento móvel de urgência hang on <laughs> he's writing it down for the task guys yeah, just going to make a note of that. It's uh, So it, you said it begins... So if you need an ambulance in Brazil, you call 192. Right, 192. I have done an UPA. Set <laughs> me all your whale. Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Please do not follow Garrett's lead on this. Just if you're in Brazil, ask the manager at your hotel or hostel for help. Mm, and mm. they will call 192 and get you a SAMU to drive you to an UPA or a hospital, depending mm. on your emergency. And don't be don't be alarmed if the driver is all black and white with a fin. It's fine. That's expected and that happens. It's fine. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Okay. So you have things that make up the SUS. So you have the basic healthcare units. You have... The UPAs, the emergency healthcare units, you have hospitals, you have university. So the federal universities are all part of the healthcare system because they're federal. So the federal hospitals, like the, the federal universities' hospitals, are part of the healthcare system. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, and also they're like their biology labs, everything that is done within the federal space. The federal universities are part of the federal government. So they have biology institutes and schools and labs. And those are a part of the Ministry of Education, but they are also part of the Ministry of Health. So they're also part of the SUS. And we also have a Ministry of Science and Technology. So all of that is kind of woven together. And within the Ministry of Education, there is a Department for Science and Technology. 
So whenever there is a situation like a pandemic, for instance, um, the, all of these biology schools and institutes and um, medical schools and labs, they are all working together and they all can look for funding from these ministries and they're all part of these ministries, including being a part of the SOS. Yeah, so, and there are other healthcare foundations of their research foundation, and some of them are federal and some of them are state, because Brazil is a federal country. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you have municipalities that are in charge of, for instance, the basic healthcare units. Then you have states, they are in charge of hospitals, for instance, but not all, some. And then you have the federal system. So everything sort of works like a little Russian doll, like a matrioska. Do you ever get conflicts then between oh, the yeah. players or? Well, it, it, it always comes up with some conflicts because you also have the part that is the population because you have the council. So each municipality is allowed a people's council on healthcare. So they have oversight on healthcare. Wow. Yeah. I so said this. I just there's an awful lot of layers to this, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yes. So and then you have half of the council is supposed to be made up of experts, and half of it is supposed to be made up of civil society, general populace. Regular Joes. Yeah. So some municipalities have this, some have it, and it's kind of shitty. Some don't have it at all. And then you have the state council, and then you have the federal council. Right. Why don't some municipalities have a council then in that case? Is that... Sometimes they're too small. There's not enough interest. People just don't take it up. There are municipalities in Brazil that are just ridiculously small. They barely have an UPA. They barely have a basic healthcare unit. Often they have to go to a different city for any healthcare uh, so the more doctors program was uh, fixing that those sort of sorts of issues, um, but it was kind of discontinued. And now they're realizing that, OK, we fucked up and we need to get the doctors back, but they need to do it in a way that doesn't say that they fucked up and they need to get it back because yeah. this is a workers party program. So it's Lula, it's Juma and the current occupier of the presidency because i'll never call that man my president would never admit that he is continuing their program no no because it's i mean that's that's classic though horrible management type yeah you blame you blame your predecessor for everything regardless of what they did right and what they did wrong yeah but in this case there is a such a huge polarization that it's more than just oh my predecessor sucked it's more like uh, they were the corrupt cancer of the country. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's right out of the populist playbook then in that case. Exactly. Yeah. So you have general health care. You know, you go to the doctor and, you know, Sue's does cancer treatment. Uh, all AIDS patients, AIDS, AIDS, HIV patients are treated through SUS. So you have uh, prevention and treatment of AIDS, HIV is through SUS and it's one of the best systems in the world. So you don't have AIDS HIV treatment via private healthcare in Brazil. So it's all, yeah. it, none of it is private or so on and so forth. It is all 
very much available to everyone. Yeah. And not only just available to everyone, you can't get it elsewhere. You have to go through the SUS because they are giving every single medication, even like PrEP uh, for prevention, you get it through the SUS. Through but the is, SUS. That, is that because they, is it because the, all the facilities, resources, um, medicine, so forth are given to them directly? Um, and so there's no call to go anywhere else? Or is it is that an actual, is that by it, design? That's what yeah, I Yeah, it's just interest. I guess uh, the mm. private insurances, they don't have any interest in caring for AIDS, HIV patients mm. and uh, people who will need PrEP because they uh, live their lives with um, somebody who has AIDS, HIV. Uh, so because these medications are given free to the, to the people, to the patients, completely free, um, and they just have every single step of care through the same system instead of going to private healthcare. Even if they do have their own private doctor, the medicine they take from the because another program that it has that is extremely important is the popular pharmacy program. So for instance, a diabetic person can go to any drugstore in the country and get their diabetes medication for free. Wait, well, hang on. So putting this in context for someone who is a UK-based man uh, approaching the age of 40, dashingly handsome. Um, so with that, uh, if I need medication for something, I have to go to my doctor, to my local practitioner. They yeah. will then, we have a, obviously the NHS as well, which is very much a you know nationalized kind of uh, healthcare system. Go to my local doctor, I say, I've got a touch of the wibbles. He or she will give me a prescription for something or other. I then take that to a local pharmacy. I hand the prescription over and, and they, they, they give me the medication from there. What you're saying is that anybody can go to a, any drugstore anywhere, literally within Brazil, and actually go, I've, I've got a touch of the wibbles. Um, <laughs> I need one of you know that you know that you know that cream they give you for the wibbles. Can I can I get that here? And they'll go yes, certainly, and hand it over. Kind of, yeah, pretty much. That's epically cool. So pretty much every single drugstore pharmacy is associated with the popular pharmacy program. Right. So. So there are exceptions to that case. There might be. I haven't seen them. They usually have a stamp or some sort of poster that says you can find popular pharmacy here right um but i've never seen one that doesn't so mm. i don't know but like the largest pharmacy chain in my state in my city has it and you can see one of them literally in every corner like they're taking over the city so uh for a while i needed some medication i'm fine i don't need it anymore but I did have high blood sugar for a while. It wasn't diabetes, but I did have to take some diabetes medication. Was that caused by a burn at all? No. Because I know you have a history with them. So I'm just, I'm just you know, just no, checking. It, it wasn't a burn, Gareth. Okay. All right. Fine. That's fine. Carry on. So I would go to the pharmacy and say, I have this prescription. The person who gave me the prescription was a doctor from my private insurance and the drugstore person would go and say 
This is available through the popular pharmacy program. You do not pay anything for it. Wow. So since the 2016 coup, a lot of medication has been removed from that program. Why? Because they're assholes. Okay, good. Excellent. They want poor people to die. Yeah, I mean, I thought there would be, I thought there would be an actual, you know, at least a pretense of a reason for it, but there's not. It's, no. yeah. Oh, they, they pretend it's budget costs. It, it's completely bonkers because if people are sicker, it costs more to go to the hospital than to take their medication. Yes. Yes. So it's ridiculous. Um, yes. So they've been cutting medication from the popular pharmacy program. So mm. it's so even birth control. So women who go to the healthcare units, they can get their birth control free. Cool. Anyway, carrying on. Another thing that the healthcare system does is 96% of all transplant surgeries. It is the largest transplant system in the world. Public, I think public. It's the largest public transplant, transplant system in the world. Yeah. I can't imagine that there would be a bigger private transplant. Yeah, I don't think so either. No. But I just want to cover my bases here because I'm not sure. Unless, Maybe the market is much bigger. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, unless unless the moon itself is operating <laughs> pretty much 24-7, then, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty much there or thereabouts, right? So if you are getting a transplant in Brazil, you are getting it through the public healthcare system. And if you're getting a transplant on the moon, you're paying through the nose. Yep. Yep. So I, I want to just get some numbers there because you know I love my numbers. You love a stat. Love a stat. I do. Uh, so you want to get take a guess at how many people use the public healthcare system directly? Ah, uh, sure. Go and ask for a doctor and get a prescription. That kind of use. Okay. Oh, what, in, in Brazil in total? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's an awful lot of people in Brazil. Um, you can use a percentage. Oh, okay, fine. Great. Excellent percentage. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, that makes it a lot easier because then I'd have to remember what you told me the population of Brazil was. And, 211 million. Uh, that's, that's a ridiculous number of people. That's. <laughs> I know. That's insane. That's <gasps> Right? Dear God. Come on, how many people use the system? Tell me. Right, okay, so, hmm, I'm going to say it's quite high. Okay. Based on the fact that you're asking the question, uh, and knowing you, if it wasn't quite high, then you wouldn't bother asking the question. <laughs> However, it's not going to be 100%, because that would be mad. So, I'm going to put it at 89 point. Oh, geez, there's a point. Darling, it's me. There's always a point. 89.7. Okay. Well, that was a bit too high. Damn it. Damn it. How close was I, though? Close enough. Yes. yes. B plus. No, B minus. It's 70. Overall, it's 70% of the population. Which is still astonishingly high. Yeah, but you also have to think that these are the people that do not have any private health care. So it's actually not the people who use, because as I mentioned, there are people who have private health care, like me and my mom, mm -hmm. but we also use the public health care system. Mm. So the, the people who do not have any private health care, that's 70% of the population. If you look at just the women, that is 79.4. So 79.4 of Brazilian women do not have private health care. They just use the public 
system. But why is that? So in that case, then, if they're, if, if they're at 79.4 and it's roughly about 50% of the population, that means that the, the, the number of men that use it must be drastically lower. So why then in that case is there such a disparity between the two? Well, if you remember our inequality episode. Oh, I see, do. See, there's the test. Yeah, see, you know, it all comes around in circles. Everything's yeah. a circle. Women are more likely to be employed informally. So uh, men have uh, formal employment, which usually includes private healthcare. Healthcare, yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So another interesting number, and I was thinking about this uh, because I have some friends who are pregnant, and um, 97.4% of all prenatal care was done through the public system. Yeah. Insane. That's an insane number. Yeah. And Sorry, what was that? What was that again? That was 90... 97.4. Now, this data is a little um, old because there hasn't been new research done. So this is from 2013. So it's actually probably a bit higher because formal employment has decreased. So more people might be needing and using the public health health system. Mm. So one thing that has recently become law is humanized labor. So women having access to um, a birth plan and choosing how they want to give birth and using less C-sections. Now, that is not available everywhere. That is not available in rural areas as much as we'd like. But there are at least two hospitals within my area that are maternity hospitals that are public hospitals that women just have birth, that have their babies in the way that they want to. I know of people who gave water birth, had water birth. Wow. In hospital, in a public hospital, um, because that's how they chose to bring their child into the world, and it was healthy and safe to do so. Wow, okay. I mean, there's, there's, there's a, a... Speaking as a man who has been involved in a birth, um, there's, I mean, very, very... Um, very little, I would imagine. Very loosely, honestly. Turned up and complained that there wasn't any aspirin. Um, so it, For you, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it was a long day. I was on my feet all day. I had a slight headache and my feet were hurting. It's, you know... It's, I'm gonna punch you. I'm too pretty to punch. Um, so there's... It was... Yeah, but speaking as that, they don't they don't actually give you that option uh, in the UK at all in any way, shape or form. You can have the option of a home birth if you really want to. What you do at home, uh, completely up to you, really. They provide a uh, midwife and a towel. Uh, but outside of that, you know, if you want if you want if you want to have a birth uh, like, you know, with an actual professional medical person around you just in case then you have to do it in the hospital that's the that's ultimately that's what it is and it is very much you are put on a bed your legs are kimbo and you go for it you know there's no there's no case of um, choice yeah yeah exactly absolutely i wish i could say that that was the case like the that what i just described was the case for every single brazilian woman it isn't no, no, no. But the, the fact have, that there is an option out yeah. there somewhere itself is amazing. You know, the yeah, fact that, that is. Yeah. One thing, for instance, so where formal employment is higher. So in the south, southeast and Midwest, private health care is higher. So in the north and the northeast, uh, only about 16 percent of people have uh, private health care. 
So that is a, an expression of the regional dif differences of Brazil. So if that's true for private healthcare versus pub public healthcare, you can also imagine that that is different in access to what you need for healthcare and what you want, especially when it comes to gender healthcare. Mm -hmm. So um, one thing that is vastly different is trans healthcare. Um, so trans people will more adequately tell you than I am able to um, that their healthcare is vastly different than what a cisgender person receives. And that is going to be in either private or public healthcare. So one other aspect that I want to highlight that I think it's important is that although 70% of the population only uses public health care to go and go to the doctor and get their prescription and have all their health care needs. Every single person in Brazil uses the universal health care system, a hundred percent, because... Wait, can I get a stab at that? Just to, uh, you know, just to... to so, so, um, so how many people use that? I, I'll, I'll take a guess. I'll take a quick guess. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of high because otherwise you wouldn't be asking the question knowing you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, ah, oh, what the hell? I'll go crazy. Maybe 100% of people. <laughs> and how many people is that? All of them. Yeah, but uh, the number? How oh, many people in Brazil? Oh, the number. Oh, the number. Yeah. You, you mean the number you told me? The one I just me. said 10 minutes ago. Yeah, the one that you told me and, and I, I uh, that you said with your mouth um, and words came out and the sound of the number. Yeah. And it's it's on recording that you definitely did that, and I completely remember that it was an obnoxiously loud number. It was, um, it's wait, I've got it. It's <coughs> mm, it is not very quickly googling on my phone. It is <laughs> two hundred eleven million. Oh my god, I hate you. Anyway, <laughs> why is it that every single person in Brazil uses the universal healthcare system? Because Part of that system is the National Sanitary Surveillance Agency. So these are the people that go into restaurants and say if it's clean enough. Oh, okay. So that is part of our healthcare system. That's part of your healthcare system. Yep. Not like a, a separate standards and trades. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's the people who go into factories and say if their chocolate is clean enough for you to eat or their soda or whatever it is so we had an issue here in my city there was a factory here a beer factory that uh, was not properly clean and the bottles were not cleaned properly and people died as a consequence so we had a small surge of people being poisoned and we didn't know why. And guess who figured it out? The National Sanitary Surveillance Agency. What? What? Just, just out of curiosity, what was in it's the? It's a local beer, and they don't exist anymore. Right. Well, I'm not. I'm, I'm not surprised. Generally speaking, killing your consumers is not a great business plan. Um, with this, what? What was in the bottle that was? That was. I cannot pronounce it. It's a, a chemical agent, so they didn't clean the bottles properly. Oh, so and, yeah. Right. So okay. it wasn't so, in the beer; it was in the bottleneck. So uh, it was around New Year's. So people had bought a lot of it to wow. to celebrate, 
and some people were seriously um, ill and people died. Some have severe uh, consequences after that. So the beard no longer exists because they're paying uh, for people's health care and continuing care uh, after that. So the reason we found out about this, what was causing all these uh, poisoning so quickly was because of Anvisa. That is the uh, name of the agency. And another aspect of our healthcare system, another uh, facet of it is epidemiological. Oh my God, I can't believe I said that. Epidemiological monitoring. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't quite catch that the first time. Oh, what, don't make me say it a third time. Sorry. What? What was it again? You said it was. Epidemiological ep, ep, monitoring. I'm sorry, I've got the monitoring part. It's the it's the first part I don't Stop have. Stop mocking me. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure you've heard of the Zika epidemic. So the Zika virus. Yes. So women who were pregnant and their children were born with microcephaly. Mm, yeah. They. The people who figured out the connection between the Zika virus and microcephaly in babies were part of the public health care system because of epidemiological monitoring. Wow. Okay. So because of that word that I'm not going to try and pronounce because I'm not insane, <laughs> that, that, that was, this is amazing. It's like, it's, it, it's an actual service. It's an actual, uh, like genuinely brilliant thing that helps people. Then in that case, yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. It's amazing. And so we have. So whenever there's an outbreak of dengue fever or malaria, yellow fever, so the people who figure it out that there is an outbreak, the people who go to take care of it, the people who take care of the people who are ill to make sure that the outbreak doesn't grow, they are all part of the SUS. The people who are at the airports right now testing people arriving on airplanes, they're with the SUS. Not a separate scientific agency, not a se not even a separate government agency, just the exact same people because it's all health related. SUS workers, every single one of them. Damn. So they're all connected and it's a lot of layers. It's a huge system. Mm -hmm. And most Brazilians have no idea. They have no idea that the reason they get to go to a restaurant is because there is a healthcare service that is public and that is this huge and only exists for 32 years. Wow. Wow. So, so how, sorry, how long? How long? 30. Two years. So officially it exists since 88. So it used a lot of what was already present. So a lot of the institutions like research foundations and some of the federal universities, they existed before that. But a lot of what is present now was made specifically for the system. And most people don't know about it. That's incredible. Which means that the private insurance companies hate it they hate it and they try to destroy it every chance they get i can't imagine why honestly <laughs> it's you know so sus of course has its issues it is a 32 year old program that is supposed to see to the health of 211 million people which is an insane number of people to, yeah you know that's an insane number of people 
and they need to see to the health of people in Sao Paulo and in the metropolitan area of Sao Paulo you have 20 million people and they need to see to the people in a native Brazilian village that has 200 people. So they need to make sure that everyone has access to healthcare. And also as well, by dent of the fact that the environments that those people will be living in, it's going to be much different living in a, in a, in a small, small village than it is going to be in the middle of Sao Paulo, where there's going to be, you know, I mean, obviously different environmental conditions in regards to, you know, the amount of chemicals you imbibe and so on and so forth. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah, it's, it's completely different illnesses, yeah. needs, and, you know, somebody living in a metropolitan area, they have access to transportation. So you have places in Brazil that you still need to take boats to get to. There are no roads. Hang so on. there are places in Brazil that you there are no roads to get to. You need to take a boat. When you say you need to take a boat? You need to go on a boat and go across a really big river. To get to the place where people are? To, yes. What? Why is there not a, a bridge or a... a, a because a, we haven't made one. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to tell you how to how to run your own country, uh, but <laughs> do you know what would be really useful uh, in that in that circumstance? A bridge. I mean, I'm ju- I'm just throwing it out there, just just laying. I mean, yeah, you try your, building a bridge in the Amazon rainforest, dude. I mean, tell your people to call my people. Will will I'll. I have no people. Out. I'm a one woman show. <laughs> so. One thing that happened with the 2016 coup was that this awful, awful, awful man took over the presidency and he was named Michel Temer. And this dude decided to propose a constitutional amendment that would essentially freeze all he called spending, I call investment, but freeze all investment in every single social spending area for 20 years. Wait, what? Yeah. So education, health, infrastructure, none of that we can grow spending or investing above inflation for 20 years because his stupid idea passed. So that is called Amendment 95 now because it passed. So it's a constitutional amendment. Yeah. Uh, Okay, go ahead. You say stuff. I know. In fact, it's more of a statement than a question. What? (laughs) This is so insane. Okay, so say, for example, something comes up that you're not expecting. Like Like a pandemic. Yeah, like, oh, I don't know. Um, Let's just pull a name out of the year. A Cariena virus. To give it it a title. Uh, So you have this Cariena virus which uh, is a global thing, comes across the, the entire world, um, hits Brazil quite badly because, as we've already discussed, there are an insane amount of people living in Brazil. I mean, just off the top of my bonds here, wouldn't you think that, yeah, I don't know, maybe we want to throw some more money into our amazing healthcare system just to perhaps deal with the strain that a Cariana virus might might bring, potentially bring. And if it doesn't, then that's fine. Then we've got funds left over to spend it on, I don't know, doing something cool for the rest of the communities around Brazil. But maybe, just maybe, 
throw a couple more dollars down onto that so that 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 you know potentially if this if this coronavirus does hit brazil uh, which i know i mean huh, that's not likely to happen is it <laughs> yeah, i mean nobody comes here no exactly absolutely it's not a large population place exactly and it's not a large population of people who like going outdoors and marching with each other um say for example that that happened then hey you know what you kind of safeguarded against it perhaps maybe i'm think i'm not a i'm not a politician and i don't claim to be an expert but maybe maybe that might be an idea not only that but because <laughs> of the cuts in education there were cuts made to science labs bio biology labs no federal universities uh. that actually you know study vaccines and the cures for stuff yeah so the people who might actually be able to really really help yeah uh, they're underfunded by a lot now, a lot a lot okay all right because you know sus is really good with vaccination it was during the 80s the late 80s beginning of the 90s that we stopped a lot of these sort of epidemics that plague children like measles mm. mumps cerebral palsy with vaccination i remember the ads i remember being dragged to get vaccines and it was gross because you know they it tastes bad but they it was a huge media campaign because vaccinations are free yeah so and they make it free and then you just go over there and if it's a baby you get a little drop and when you're a bigger kid you get a little jab it hurts and then you move on and guess what you don't get the measles it's which, awesome yeah exactly which which is how it should be once yeah. you discover that you know there is a deadly disease out there that might kill a lot of people and if you find a way that you can prevent that from happening that should be implemented to i don't know everyone so we are actually really good with this kind of thing we're very good with creating vaccines we're very good with outbreaks and what to do when they happen but now we are underfunded mm mm especially at a time when ah, you know it could be useful yeah it could be useful so yeah. yeah so that is our episode on healthcare in brazil so we have socialized medicine yay uh but it is now severely underfunded because private healthcare wants to grow in brazil and and that is one of the issues um there's a lot of people who i for ideological reasons would say oh i don't have private healthcare because i want to strengthen sus so sure go for it um but i have private healthcare because sometimes you have an emergency and sus does occasionally have waiting lines for certain things and sometimes if there is some lines for something you are in an infirmary instead of your own room so that's why i have private health insurance for like emergency stuff and on, honestly just for my own comfort mm. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I do so, want to say that to anyone who's listening, like, why is she talking up the healthcare system and she has private health insurance? Because I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, for instance, there are some uh, birth control options that exist that don't exist in the SUS yet. Um, they do for women who really, really, really need them, but not for all women. So it's not a perfect system, uh, but it's really, really, really close considering it's younger than I am and it's supposed to see to the health of 211 million people. So that's it. Any more questions, Gareth? Just around, um, um, so 211 million people, you say? Is that is that that right? Cool. Okay, good. Good. Excellent. I'm glad I got that question right without any help whatsoever. So... I also yeah. do. I also do. I'm a great admirer as well of the way that we go through an episode, and it's all fascinating and brilliant and wonderful. And that's obviously largely down to you. And then we end on a on a on a terrifyingly depressing note. Um, I'm sorry. But, I'm really trying to be upbeat. Every time. Every time. It's it's you know it's 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 oh we have fun and games and oh by the way this terrible thing has happened and will kill us all. Good night. Um, that's. <laughs> For April 17th of 2016, it would have been all upbeat. But then April 17th happened, no more Dilma, everything sucks. Cool. So uh, just take that away with you uh, tonight, <laughs> where you go. I uh, just want to remind you that everything sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so. Okay. Okay. Do you, thank you all for listening. Yes, thank you. I'm sorry that I'm depressing. Okay, bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to Brazil Nut, an effort by Larissa Peixoto and Gareth Davis. We'd like to thank Uster Zielinski for the graphic design. We'd also like to thank the essential workers for keeping us safe. Should I do it again? I feel like I almost said my name is Ladies of Politics. You you did stumble over your own name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do it again.